Hello, and welcome to Making Christ Known, a podcast from Adairsville Baptist Church in Adairsville, Georgia. This podcast features senior pastor Eric Sorrell and his sermons designed to make Christ known in Adairsville and beyond. For more information about Adairsville Baptist Church, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. And now, here's Pastor Eric. Obviously, we'll take a break around Palm Sunday and Easter, and the Lord may direct us elsewhere, you know, even next week if, if He chooses to, right? But uh, if the Lord leads, we're going to be going through 1 Timothy, and we're going to start this morning series by looking at the man. Who is, who was Timothy? So if you enjoy uh, biographies, anybody like reading biographies or autobiographies, right? If you enjoy biographies, you may enjoy today's sermon because we're going to look at Timothy's bio. I mean, we can gain things about Timothy from 1 Timothy and from 2 Timothy, but we can also gain a lot from the New Testament as a whole. And I want us to begin by evaluating Timothy's life. And as we evaluate Timothy's life, I want us to evaluate our own life and say, Lord, do do I possess those qualities? Lord, would you have me to be more like Timothy in, in this way? And obviously the Holy Spirit was at work in Timothy's Life, And we're going to look at our life today, and we're going to look at 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, there in the Black Pew Bible, it's around page 990. If you don't have an ESV Bible and you would like one, take that Black Pew Bible. That's our gift to you today. It's from Paul. So he begins this way. Paul, an apostle, that word means sent one, right? He was sent by Christ Jesus Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, the title first and then his name, Messiah Jesus, by command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. Savior is applied to God, He is our Savior, and hope is applied to Christ Jesus, He is our hope. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, Words mean my genuine offspring, my my legitimate son in the faith. And then his blessing is opening grace, mercy. It's one of the only times Paul uses mercy in his openings and he does it for Timothy. Grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. We're going to look at Timothy and begin this series. Before we jump into 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy, I think we need to pause and say, well, just who is Timothy? I mean, we know who Paul was for the most part. We we hear a lot of sermons about Paul, and you can even come Wednesday night, and God willing, I plan on speaking about Paul, but we don't hear a lot about Timothy. I don't know that I've ever just done a character study of of Timothy like we're going to do today. We're going to look at that. We have to know who his audience is. He's writing to Timothy. He says, my true child in the faith. Did you know that the name Timothy in the Greek means this, he who honors God. Timothy, he who honors God. It's, it's, it's two words, right? Uh, uh, and they kind of combined mean God honor, honor God. Timothy was the man who honors God. And the question comes to us, if he did so, do we? Do we? 
With my life, do I honor God? Do I honor God with my thoughts, with my words, with my actions? Do I, do I show God the honor and respect that He deserves? This is what His name means. So I want us to examine Timothy under six headings, okay? We're also going to look at several other books that deal with Timothy. These are outside of First and Second Timothy. But we're going to see three main passages, three main passages that are not in First Timothy and Second Timothy. And we're going to evaluate Timothy's life. We're going to get his bio under these six headings. So number one, let's start with his childhood. Let's start with his childhood and his background. We learned this about Timothy, that Timothy was from Lystra. Did you know that Lystra is now in modern-day Turkey, right, where they've just experienced the, the earthquake? And we read about this in Acts 16, verse 1. This is where Timothy is. It's where he's from. And I kind of begin to wonder about Timothy. I wonder if he had witnessed all the commotion that went on in Acts chapter 14 when the Apostle Paul made his first trip to Lystra. Do you remember that? On Paul's first missionary trip to Lystra, he actually heals a crippled man. And then the town hears about this and they start saying, wow, we want to bow down to you and sacrifice to you. And they're calling him Zeus and Hermes, right? And they begin... So I'm wondering if Timothy, you know, in his younger years, is looking at all this and he's seeing all the commotion that's going on in Lystra. And this is making an impression on him, perhaps. Acts 16, this is where he's from. The first time Paul came to town. We learn this about his childhood, that Timothy's mother's name is Eunice and that she was Jewish. But his father was Greek. Again, this is in Acts 16.1. He has a Jewish mother and a Greek, a Gentile father. So he's mixed in many ways. You wonder how Timothy would have dealt with things of, of being kind of like half Jew and, and half Gentile. Timothy's mother is named Eunice. His grandmother's name is Lois. We find this in 2 Timothy 1.5 and 3.15. And Lois, his grandmother, and Eunice, his mother, they were both God-fearers. They taught Timothy the Old Testament. It actually says in 2 Timothy 1.5, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, Timothy, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I'm now sure dwells in you as well. From 2 Timothy 3.15, he writes these words, um, how you from childhood have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. These two God-fearing ladies taught Timothy the Old Testament. Early on in his life, he was taught the Scriptures of that time, right? The Old Testament, the sacred writings. And he had these Jewish, right, on his mom's side, uh, forefathers that were telling him the stories of the faith. I imagine that they told him about Moses and, and told him about David. His dad uh, must have been different. We said in Acts 16.1 that we learned that his father was, was Greek, probably not a believer, um, what we can assess in Scripture. I mean, we don't have any record of him. We don't have any record of, of him teaching anything. And, and right in 2 Timothy, it's told that your mom and your grandmother taught you these things. So maybe he died early on, or maybe he, he didn't believe right the sacred writings. Um, we don't know. So let's stop at this point and, and just make this point of application. Parents and grandparents, discipling your children makes a difference. Amen? 
they, they had what they had. <laughs> they didn't have the, the complete gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus when they were telling it to Timothy. Timothy's going to get that probably from Paul on his first missionary journey. But they had those scriptures and Lois and Eunice were discipling Timothy. Right? It matters that, that we disciple our kids. That's why we need the help of the church. That's why I need the help of the, of the church. Even as a pastor, I think Hope, what she knows about the Bible right, has come from, from you and from Sunday school and from VBS and from children's church and from Wednesday nights and from her mom teaching her. And, and, you know, but the occasions are rare when dad sits down. and I mean, it needs to be more. It's convicting to me, right? But, but it, it takes a community. But we need to disciple our children and it makes a difference. Like I look at my kid's life and think, wow, that's, that's made a difference that, that she's been taught the scriptures, right? We need to do that. I need to do more of it, and, and perhaps you do too. Maybe we can say, hey, how can, we, how can we do that more to take that example? So this is his childhood, his background. He's there in Lystra. He's familiar with the, the Old Testament, right? And they're pouring into him. We don't know what part dad's playing in any of, of that, right? And then we see next his call. Let's talk about Timothy's call. Timothy was one of Paul's converts or one of Paul's disciples. We actually believe from Scripture that the Apostle Paul led Timothy to the Lord. And he was probably converted on that first missionary journey. He's probably impacted from seeing the crippled man get healed and from hearing the commotion and, and maybe he hears the, the gospel from the Apostle Paul and all of a sudden everything like that light bulb moment probably goes off for Timothy and like the Old Testament's fulfilled in the, in the New and he sees it fulfilled in Jesus. Yes, Jesus is the, the Messiah. He's the one that died for my sins. And we believe that, that Timothy was converted there on Paul's first missionary trip. We can make this point of application. Praise God, isn't it? today that anybody can be converted in that a praise say man anybody can be converted by the gospel of Jesus today right as we said in the good news club this week the gospel is for everyone and that's true for sinners like Paul and for probably good old boys like Timothy who, who could quote you maybe the old testament right anybody can be saved and the gospel comes to Timothy and it saves him he's radically changed by the gospel of Jesus look at our key verse in, in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 2 to Timothy, my true child in the faith, my genuine offspring in the faith. He was a son to Paul in the faith. He, he believed the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus, as he says in verse 1, had become Timothy's hope. God had become his Savior, and that must have been a, a beautiful thing. So by the time you get to Acts chapter 16, on Paul's second missionary journey, the Apostle Paul makes note of Timothy and he selects Timothy to assist him on his second missionary journey. Listen to Acts 16 verse 1. Paul came also to Derbe and to Lystra. A disciple was there. Timothy's called a disciple. He's a learner. He's a follower named Timothy. A son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers. All right? So he had a, Timothy had a reputation that preceded him at Lystra and at Iconium. Verse 3, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him. And he took him and he circumcised him, not for salvation, right, but because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Paul 
selects Timothy. I want you to go with me on this second missionary journey. I want you to, to be with me. I need help preaching the gospel. And so as they began, Timothy was circumcised. Why? Not for salvation, as we mentioned, but to avoid controversy. Because he was going to be doing ministry and because he was going to be going in places. And he said, look, I, you know, I know I'm under liberty and grace not to do this, but be, in order to be more effective, in order to avoid controversy and debate, I'll commit to that. Right? How many of you know as an adult, that's a commitment that you're making for the cause of Christ, right? To, to say yes to that. We learn about Timothy's call that he was also ordained. He was ordained with the laying on of hands. 1 Timothy 4.14 says these words, Don't neglect the gift, Timothy, that you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. 2 Timothy 1.6 says this, For this reason I remind you to fan into a flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So Timothy had some sort of ordination service where the elders laid hands on him and commissioned him and the apostle Paul laid his hands on him. And this was something where they were ordaining Timothy to the gospel ministry of saying, go in, in Jesus' name, right? Sometimes when we send out our missionaries, we, we commission them and I'll say, if you want to, stretch your hand out towards them. And it's as if you're, you're saying, we're with you in this. We believe in you. We support you. And man, Timothy even had a prophecy that was, that was said over him. That must have been so special. This is Timothy's call, right? Timothy's task. How many of you know that God has a task for you too? He has a task for me. And our tasks might not look the same, but for each one of us, it's been said God has both a time and a task, right? And when your task is done, your time is done, your time is done, your task is done, the two run concurrently, right? And, and God said for Timothy, there's going to be something, Timothy, that I've got for you. So the question is now, would Timothy be faithful to that call? Well, let's see. Let's see. His childhood, very interesting. His, his background, his call, really unique. And now I want you to see his cause, okay? Or his service. I'm trying to press the seas, but right. This is his service. Timothy was this. He was a gospel worker. You're going to see that in one of the first main passages that we look at. He was a co-laborer with Paul. And so on those second missionary journeys, I mean, he was just journeying to many different cities, right? It was Paul's second journey, but it was Timothy's first. This is a first for him, and he's right there with Paul, and he's going in, and he's, he's seeing Jesus proclaimed in the synagogue. He's seeing Jesus proclaimed, right, in the cities. He's seeing opposition come, but he too, he's, he's making disciples. Wow, can you imagine all that he experienced being on God's mission? Can you imagine all that you will experience when you're on mission with God? When you say yes to going into your school teenager or college student, your college campus or adult into your workplace, right? Or us on a mission trip, right? When we say yes to God's mission and seeing God do amazing things, and I imagine, you know, Timothy didn't write a book of the Bible. If he did, I imagine that Timothy could tell some stories. Oh, one, one time with Paul we were this and this is what happened. Or as I was pastor in this church, this is what, what I went through. We're told that on that second missionary journey that Timothy stayed behind at Berea. Remember the church at Berea? They, they, were, they knew the Scriptures. They evaluated the Scriptures. But Timothy actually was called to stay behind at Berea before rejoining Paul in Athens. You read this in Acts 17, 14. So maybe we could say this about his cause and his service. He was trusted by Paul. He was trusted by Paul. I want you 
to go with me. On I trust you, Timothy, to do what I'm doing. Timothy, I've got to get out of here, but Timothy, I trust you to stay at Berea for a while and to continue doing the work of God. And Timothy, rejoin me in Athens. Paul trusted Timothy. The question comes of application. Could Paul trust me? Could Paul trust you? Would we be considered trustworthy for the, the cause of Christ, for our service to the ministry? I want you to notice about his cause that Timothy was sent to Thessalonica to help the church there. I told you we're going to look at three main passages outside of 1 Timothy, and the first one's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. So if you have your Bible, turn back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Timothy was actually sent to Thessalonica to help the church there, and we learned something about Timothy that I think is just, just great. Great to hear the Scriptures turning. Therefore, Paul says, when we could bear it no longer, he's writing to the Thessalonians, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother, and God's co-worker in the gospel of Christ. Why was he sent? To establish and exhort you in your faith that no one be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we were destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction just as it has come to pass and just as you know. For this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for fear that somehow the tempter tempted you and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you, he's brought us the good news of your faith and love. Reported that you always remember us kindly and you long to see us as we long to see you. That short passage right there in 1 Thessalonians matters because it tells us something about Timothy. It gives us Timothy's position and purpose. What is his position? You see the position right there in verse 2. We sent Timothy, our brother, God's co-worker. Paul says, I'll tell you what his position is. He's our brother. He's a brother in Christ. He says, and I'll tell you secondly, he's a co-worker. He's a co-laborer. He's a co-servant in the gospel of Christ. This is Timothy, trusted to go back to the Thessalonica as the brother, as the co-laborer. But what's his purpose in going back? You see that in verse 2 and 3. To establish, number one, and to exhort in the faith. Maybe you could say that's number 2 or number 3. Maybe those are two things. And he says, in your faith, that no one be moved by these afflictions. So he goes back to establish and to exhort in the faith, and he goes back to also help them through their afflictions. That's something. Timothy must have been good at that. Timothy's trusted. I believe you're strong enough. Timothy, go. Go. I'll remain here. Go. You're a brother. You're a co-worker. And don't ever forget that. And go establish them in their faith. Help them stay rooted and grounded. And also exhort them. I mean, encourage them to, to, to move forward with faith, hope, and love. And Timothy does that. And he comes back to Paul and he actually gives him a good report of all those things. Paul says, Timothy, go. I trust you. Go help them through their afflictions. You know we're destined for this. Amen? We're still going through afflictions right in 2023, right? God's got them and we're going through them, right? We're not going to stay there. Right? We're going to press on, and so we need Timothys in our lives that are, that are helping us. This is his service. We also see that Timothy was with Paul in Corinth when Romans was written. It's pretty amazing. As Tertius is writing down the book of Romans, he's the one that wrote it. Paul uh, dictated it. And Tertius is writing, I, I, Timothy's hearing it too. 
Right? Timothy's right there as Romans is being written. We see that Timothy did a lot of the Lord's work. You can see more, 1 Corinthians 16.10. So we make this point of application. You know what? You too are called to serve the Lord's purpose for your life. You have a purpose and you're called to, to serve that purpose as a brother, as a sister, as a co-laborer in the, in the ministry too, right? You're called to, to sometimes establish and exhort in, in your circle, right? Or sometimes you're called to help people through their trials in, in this circle. You're called to be a witness. You're called to preach. It's different from my style or from Timothy's style. I'm going to you just so I don't trip over it. I've been stepping on it for a while now. That'd be an affliction. <laughs> trip over that. Timothy's right called, and, and we have a calling too. Timothy at one time was even sent into Macedonia for a while. You read about that in Acts 19.22. We read that Timothy was present on the Apostle Paul's third missionary journey. Timothy, we know this about his calls and his service, that he was sent back into Corinth to help the church there. So I want you to see the second main passage about Timothy that's not found in 1 Timothy or 2 Timothy. Go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 4. It's just a glimpse it's two verses. 1 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17, but I love these two verses. So Paul is actually sending Timothy to Corinth now. Timothy, you've been to Thessalonica, you helped them out. Timothy, go to Corinth, help them out. You know they got a whole lot of stuff going on. 1 Timothy 4, 16 and 17. Look at how this describes Timothy. Paul says to the Corinthians, I urge you then, be imitators of me. Now you could stop right there, that'll preach. Could you look at someone and say, follow me as I follow Christ? Could you look at someone and say, imitate me? Because I'm imitating Christ, right? Every one of us, bah, it gets on our toes right there, doesn't it? The Apostle Paul will say that. Be imitators of me, because I'm going to imitate Christ. And Timothy, you imitate me. And Corinthians, you imitate me. I urge you then, watch this, be imitators of me. That is why... I sent you Timothy. See how it reads? So if you imitate Timothy, you're going to be imitating Paul. That implies because Timothy is imitating Paul, and Paul and Timothy are imitating Jesus Christ. I urge you then, be imitators of me. That's why I sent you Timothy. Watch what he calls him. My beloved and faithful child in the Lord. See, he's probably part of his conversion experience. Why is he sent to the Corinthians? To remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. So Timothy is sent back to Corinth. Wow, what a mess. Uh, and Timothy, we could say this, he, he imitated the right things and the right people. Amen? That matters in this life. I want my kids to imitate the right things and the right people. I, I want to imitate the right things and the right people. Do you? Do you? says, I'm sending Timothy. Imitate him because he's imitating me. He's beloved. He's faithful. He's going to remind you of the truth. That'll preach to us. This is his cause. This is his service. We also learn that Timothy was sent to Philippi. You're like, you didn't know the guy traveled that much, did you? So go to the third main passage, the final one. It's in Philippians. It probably says it's best. You guys, I know your heart. You'll love Philippians chapter 2, verse 19 through 24. Philippians 2, 19 through 24. It says something about Timothy as he's there in Philippi. Paul says, Philippians 2.19, I hope in the Lord Jesus 
to send Timothy to you soon, so that I too may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him. That's high praise. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. Because nobody else is genuinely concerned for your welfare, perhaps 100% all in. They all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. Ouch. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How as a son with a father, he has served me in the gospel. I hope therefore to send him just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that shortly I myself will come also. Timothy, how does he describe in Philippians chapter 2? I have no one else like him. He's genuinely concerned for your for you and for your welfare. They, everybody else is after their own interests, but not Jesus, but not Timothy. He's, he's after the things of Christ. So we could say this about Timothy, that Timothy cared and Timothy sought the right things in life. Do you? Do you have a genuine concern like Timothy did? Timothy cared. He, he sought the right things in life. He's not seeking his own interest. He's seeking the interest of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, a, that's honoring God. Amen? He's doing that in his life. If I could just catch those two verses and sprinkle some of that on me. Right? Matt Chandler writes, Timothy is a selfless man. He's a selfless man. That's a good summary of him. So Paul's given us this testimony in, in Philippians 2 of Timothy, the selfless servant. He's a selfless servant. He cares about you, man. He's looking to, to, to the interest of Christ. Everybody else is like people-pleasing and self-pleasing, but he's, he's God-pleasing. And so I'm going to send him to you, and you'll hear about me, and I can hear about you, and I want to come too, Paul says. And, and uh, this, is, this is Timothy. This is his cause, his service. Well, fourthly, let's see his commitment. Let's look at Timothy's commitment. We see this in Scripture overall that Timothy was committed to the Apostle Paul. Number one, he's committed to the Apostle Paul. Number two, you're going to see he's committed to Jesus Christ. But first, he's committed to Paul. He was a big help to Paul during his first imprisonment at Rome. When Paul was imprisoned at Rome, Timothy was right there helping him. You know, when a lot of those prison epistles are written, like Colossians and Philemon, look in the Bible, Timothy's right there. So Paul and Timothy. Right? He's, he's right there helping write this letter. He's right there with me. We, we see that Timothy stood faithful by his side. So Timothy was present for Paul with the writing of, of several New Testament letters. Timothy was with Paul a lot. He was committed to Paul. So we can make this point of application. A faithful Christian friend makes a big difference. Amen. Having a faithful Christian friend, you're not in your life, especially right in this day and age with, with the younger group. Man, to have somebody that really does know Jesus in a true and genuine way. They are a true son of the faith, a true daughter of the faith. To, to have them as a friend on a college campus or on a high school campus, right? That makes a huge difference on, on the workplace, right? And that was, that was Timothy. Man, he was faithful to Paul. It made a big difference in Paul's life. They had a relationship, Timothy and Paul did, for over 20 years. Over 20 years. The two men, very close. We even learn in 2 Timothy 1.4 that, that Timothy at one time had, had shed some tears. So he wasn't afraid to cry. I like that in him. Right? 2 Timothy 1.4. Paul says, As I remember your tears, Timothy, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. Timothy must have teared up when they had to separate. 
He had a big heart. And that shows you how close that these two men were. So Timothy was committed to Paul, but he was first and foremost committed to Jesus. Committed to Jesus Christ. There's this weird glimpse of a verse in Hebrews 13.23. You don't have to turn to all these places. I meant to tell you, right? But we just get this glimpse of Timothy. Did you know Timothy at one time was either imprisoned or arrested and he was released? Now, we don't know when he was arrested or imprisoned. We don't know where that was at all. Hebrews 13.23, just listen. Uh, we, get this, we get this glimpse. Uh, it's not... Yes. You should know whoever the writer of Hebrews is, you should know that our brother Timothy has been released with whom I shall see you if he comes soon. Wow, released. I don't know if he was arrested, confined, imprisoned. Don't know for how long or how many days, but this guy's committed to Jesus. He even had some stories of his own that that he could tell. When we get this letter, 1 Timothy, Timothy's probably around, maybe around the age 35. I don't know if you're close to that. I'll be 44 tomorrow. <laughs> I know I look 35, but I'll be 44 tomorrow. Uh, so Timothy is, is 35, maybe around this, this time. So he's young, but he's not too young. We sometimes read in the pastoral epistles that Timothy could be timid. Uh, we sometimes read that Timothy had some stomach trouble, perhaps. He, he's told, drink a little wine for the sake of your stomach. He's, he's told, don't let anybody look down on you because you're, you're young. Right? God didn't give us that spirit of, of fear. But... It would be a stretch for for us to say that he is scared and sickly. And sometimes he gets portrayed that way, right? Shame on preacher. Let's not portray the guy as... I've already shown you all that he's done, right? To call him scared, mm, I don't know. Maybe he suffered from some anxiety issues like me or something, right? Maybe he had some moments of discouragement or things. But to call the guy a scaredy cat, uh uh-uh. Right? To call the guy sickly, like, no way. Like, those, we all have afflictions, and those were some of Timothy. And although he was younger, don't think of him as too young. Right? Don't go, don't think of, let's not think of him as some kind of rookie guy, right? I think sometimes he gets painted in that way. No, no. This, this guy was a, a man of God. Maybe prone to discouragement. Maybe he battled health issues from time to time. Some of you do. We all do. But he was this, committed. Amen? And in my opinion, he is very strong. Right? And that's what we see in, sometimes in each other. We, we may go through stuff, but if we're committed, ah, makes us strong. That's his commitment. And it's noteworthy. And that's the fourth key heading. Here's the fifth, his commission. His commission. The letters to Timothy are the pastoral epistles because they're about the local church. That's why I want us to look at them. I've been thinking about this for a while now. And I think, you know, as we talked last week about our 3P mission, right? What's what's the mission for, for our church in 2023, right? To proclaim the gospel, to promote the truth, the, the righteousness, and, and to preserve the faith, right? Timothy was going to be doing those things. I've been thinking, man, we, we just need to look at the local church too. Look at what, what makes a good local church. It's church. It's, it's mission, it's, it's membership, and some of these things. And we're going to see this as we have to go. We're also going to get to some hard passages, right, as we're forced to do. So we'll, we'll work through those. But these are the pastoral epistles. Why? Because Timothy was sent to pastor the local church at Ephesus. 1 Timothy 1.3, right after that beautiful greeting, Begins this way. As I urge you, Timothy, Paul says, when I was in Macedonia, remain at Ephesus that you may charge certain persons not to teach any different doctrine. He was, he was told, Timothy, I want you to stay there at Ephesus. You've been there before, but pastor, 
I want you to lead and shepherd the local church. And so Timothy's noted for this. We can make this point of application. Timothy was committed to the mission of the church, the mission of Christ. Are you? How committed are God's people today to the mission of the local church, of the local church? Right? We, need, we need everybody in our communities and churches to be committed to the local church. So he was the pastor in Ephesus. Now, being a pastor in Ephesus, you are up against some challenges. There are cities, right? There was the temple of Artemis, Diana. It was a whole lot there. You could go to Acts, I think around Acts 19. Looking, don't hold me to it, but it's somewhere around there. And you could read about uh, the Ephesians, right? So he, he had a lot of community stuff that he was going to have to deal with. But Timothy was called to fight the good fight. He says, wage. Paul says, wage the good warfare. Uh, he, he says these words, fight the good fight of the faith. That was his calling. That was his commission right there in the church. Timothy did this. He held to good doctrine. I love 1 Timothy 4.6 where he says, If you put these things before the brothers, you'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. So obviously this guy had already had some good doctrine, sound doctrine, and he was following that. He was holding to that. He was called to hold to it to the the very end. Don't swerve from that. Timothy, you're going to have to fight the good fight of the faith. You're going to have to wage warfare. You're going to have to battle false teachers. You're going to have to deal with with some things. But Timothy, be faithful, be devoted. Couldn't we just say that about him? Timothy was devoted. Devoted. We close with the sixth heading, his character. What about his character? Well, in many ways, you've, you've already seen it. But I want you to think about this. Timothy was a man of God. A man of God. 1 Timothy 6.11, Paul says, But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. And then he tells him what to run away from and what to run toward. What to, what to, right, what to get away from these days and what to pursue and when to seek after. But it's fitting because he, he uses this as for you, O man of God. In the Greek, that O matters. That, that one little letter signifies emotion. It's always used with emotion. There's some translations that leave it out. I think that's sad because whenever that O is used, it is, it is an emotion thing. It's like Paul's moved when he says, Oh, man of God. Oh, man of God. Just like we would, Oh, like, Oh, man of God. This, that was his character. And I think Paul knew it under the inspiration of the Spirit. He writes it in this way. He chooses that very letter. Timothy, his character, he was obedient. He was humble. He was grounded. Don't you like a Christian like that? A man of God, a woman of God, obedient in all things, humble, at least seeking obedience, practicing humility, and just grounded in the faith. Oh, to be like that. His character, Timothy made a great sacrifice unto God. Probably called him away from his grandmother and mom and called him into foreign lands and called him to Ephesus and called him to sacrifice some things. Wouldn't you like to know about his family? Like if, if he had one and what all, how all that went. And he, he made a sacrifice for God. We're called to do that. Bottom line, his character, we, he's faithful. He was faithful. That's what we read in Scripture. Even when Demas would turn and forsake Paul and leave him in the lurch, not Timothy. Remain faithful to the end. You'll see it when we get to 2 Timothy. He was trustworthy. Go to this. I trust you. He was trustworthy. He was active. 
He wasn't sitting up and saying, ah, i got to hang out right here, uh, right? I need to drink a little wine for my stomach and a little scared. or what? No, he's active. He was genuine, my true child, genuine, no one else like him, cares about you, looks after the interest of Jesus, trustworthy, active, genuine to the end, bottom line, just faithful, faithful and honoring God. Timothy was loyal to the cause of Christ. That's his character. Will I be? Will you be? Our book's not finished yet, right? right? We read about some in the faith. They, they go so well, and then either at their death or even post-death, we, we hear about something and we go, ah! But Timothy was loyal to the end, to the cause of Christ. This is how we begin, right? How can I tell you the things in 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy without showing you who the man was? What was said of him in the New Testament on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by command of God our Savior, and Christ Jesus our hope, to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the Word of God for us today. Would you bow your head and would you close your eyes? As we close this morning, I want you to note these two things. So we get ready to make our response. Number one, that the gospel of Jesus made the difference in Timothy's life. It was the gospel of Jesus that made the difference in Timothy's life. Timothy couldn't die for anybody's sins, okay? I'm not preaching Timothy today. Paul could not die for anybody's sins. We don't preach the Apostle Paul. Only Christ Jesus. David couldn't. Moses couldn't. What made the difference in Timothy's life? The gospel of Jesus Christ that He became sin who knew no sin, so we might become the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Today, sir, ma'am, boy, girl, whoever, the gospel can make a difference in your life today too. Call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Repent. Be converted as Timothy was. And today, let the gospel make the difference in your life. But number two, we see this, the passion for Jesus also made the difference in Timothy's life. That passion. Timothy does this. He serves now as a positive example to believers everywhere. Man, Brother Aswell and I, and Brother Timothy, we had the privilege of going to Zambia one year and preaching 2 Timothy to pastors in a pastor conference. Walked off all the way through it. I think we had two or three sessions. We were able to preach the book of 2 Timothy and and. Tell pastors there, this is the passion for the local church that you can have. And today, during this series, as we walk through it, this passion can make a difference in our life. Timothy is a positive example to believers here, to believers in Zambia, to believers in Nicaragua or Guatemala or India or Mexico. It's a positive example where we should say today, God, I want to catch that passion. Timothy built his life on the Lord and on the gospel and on that ministry. And and we can build our life right there. We can catch the passion of Timothy today. It's a passion for Christ Jesus. I invite you to that today, to the gospel, to conversion, to, to the passion, to a renewal today for our church. Let's begin now to read through this book and to pray through this book. And let God do something. I'm ready about, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm ready for our church to explode, right? If our, if our community's experiencing all this growth and if it's all headed our way, let's, man, let's get prepared right now. Let's start to get some stuff in place in the local church and, and let's see some growth. Let's see God do some amazing things. And I, I believe Timothy, man, he would fan into flame that passion. Today, would you pray that God would do that in your heart? Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Making Christ Known. 
We invite you to join us again next time for another sermon from Adairsville Baptist Church. For more information, visit us on Facebook or online at adairsvillebaptistchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to connecting with you again soon.